Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Master Griot Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words. Shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. Every time I tell somebody I do poetry for a living, they look at me weird. Like they don't believe that it's possible. I tell them that it is. I tell them I don't make my living off giving people reasons to buy a CD. That's crazy. I make my living off giving people reasons to live outside the box, outside the cell block, outside the cubicle. I tell them that a life lived without boundaries is beautiful. I tell them that the body can do whatever the mind chooses to. And I ain't got no illusions of grandeur. I know where my story ends, but yours begins whenever you get ready to move. Want to be a lawyer? Take your ass back to school. You only got a short time on this earth, so while you're here, you better find your niche and work on it like your life depends upon it because tomorrow isn't promised. Failure's not an option. Want to be a dancer? Get it popping. Work your angles like an architect with all your tears, blood, and sweat then disregard the people that'll tell you you're crazy because they too scared or lazy and too complacent to make the necessary changes. This life is about risk. Jumping in with both feet because the answer could be just beneath the surface and the timing ain't never going to be perfect but only 2% of the people on this planet actually do what they want. 60% of the people on this planet work for them. The other 38% are just too far gone. So you better get in where you fit in while you still can. Otherwise, die wondering what could have been. And when you think about it like that, doing poetry for a living makes perfect sense. It puts me in that 2%. I only answer to God. Program managers can't censor my shit. I'm a prophet that prophesies and profits. No gimmicks. I give it to you the same way God gave it to me. The pen is a pistol. The words are a nightstick. I just beat you over the head till you submit. No blue pill, just red. Here's some water. Swallow this. And this ain't about performing. This is two doses of reality. Call me in the morning. This is where it is born. This is you better get your piece of the pie before it's gone. This is one part heart, four parts persistence. Cover the pot and let it simmer. Guess who's coming to dinner? Opportunities knocking. Better pop the lock and let them enter. This is 2005. You can start a business with an internet connection and a laser printer. No excuses. Get on your mission and consider all this the next time you fix your face to ask me what I do for a living. Peace, peace. Hello, everyone. This is Sweet Franchine, and I am your co-host for the evening. You have Jacqueline Taylor Adams, our producer and also host for today's Beyond the Words, a vision for the spoken word industry. And we are so excited about the guests that we have on today. Uh, Are they here yet, Jacqueline? Say hi to the people before we get started, Jacqueline. Hello, people. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) (laughs) This is Jacqueline Taylor Adams I'm the co-host of Beyond the Word And we are talking about vision for the spoken word industry So we are here to stretch our imagination And to showcase those who are um, going beyond the open mic Who are, you know, doing different things with spoken word And 
allowing us to, you know, imagine and show us, you know, what's possible with the word. And yes, um, yes, um, our guest is on the line. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, first and foremost, everybody, as you heard that lovely voice right before me, that is the visionary and the program producer for our show. We'll be meeting here every second Monday, so make sure you tell a friend and keep it on your calendar and mark your calendars. Once again, my name is Sweet Franchon, S-U-I-T-E, F-R-A-N-C-H-O-N. And you can find uh, me on any social media, and I would love to hear from you and let me know what you think of our show. We are looking for people to share. If you're doing something different, if you are getting spoken word into um, venues, non-traditional venues for spoken word. If you have found a new and creative way to share spoken word and poetry, we would love to hear from you. Um, Once again, welcome everybody that's listening today. But more importantly, I am so grateful that we have our special guest on the line. I have an echo. We have our special guest on the line. Today we have Miss Not only myself Reese Moses. Lois Moses. Lois, I was confused. I'm sorry, Lois Moses. How are you? Okay, let me open her up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lois. Yolanda. Hi, I'm Hi, wonderful. Lois. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you. We are so excited. I, I got to attend an event a few weeks ago um, by the First World, World Theater Ensemble and heard about this great work that you're doing. And I would like to introduce our public to you to let them um, to introduce to you, most importantly, to talk about this phenomenal production that you're producing. And um, it's going to be your turn. Just tell us all about it. Tell us who you are. Um, I want to say this, though. I got a chance to meet you briefly. But everyone, everyone there had nothing but good things to say about your production, about um, they say that he had more than a dream. They have nothing but great reviews for this. Um, And I was excited to find out that it's not important, for lack of better words, a typical theatrical production, but it includes spoken word, song, dance, music, and various multimedia to deliver a powerful story about Dr. Martin Luther King and Coletta Scott King. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's, uh, well, that's it. No, go ahead. No, I said, well, that's awesome. Well, everybody, let me formally introduce to you Lois Moses, who is the, she's an author, poet, a lawyer, a clinician, and a filmmaker, and she is the um, I, I wasn't sure. I got confused who directed. I believe I have you as the producer, and you had Sahira McKill is directing it, correct? Yeah, Zahara McGill is director. Zahara yes. McGill, great. So we have her on the line. She's going to share with us today about this phenomenal um, production that we are so excited to hear about. And it really sounds like it's going to be an interesting look. It's in Philadelphia from September 30th through October the 9th by First World um, Theater Ensemble. And it's one of the three um, productions in the lineup, the season's lineup. So welcome, welcome, Lois, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I guess you want me to tell you a little bit about the piece? 
Yes, just talk to me. Act like it's just me and you on okay. the line. Just talk to me. Tell me all about it. Um, tell me, you know, any, any. I guess I have questions just because I write too. I want to know what inspired you, what makes this production different, because everybody tends to think that they know everything there is to know about Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King. So tell us what makes this different and tell us what excites you about it. Okay, well, I was actually commissioned to do um, a junior at a college um, in 2015. They wanted me to come up and do some spoken word for Martin Luther King's um, celebration. For me, because I actually had the privilege and the honor of going to his funeral. Now, I was very young, so I really didn't know who he was at that point, but my mother had the wherewithal to put us on a plane and go down and spend the week at the funeral, wow. marching, planting wow. trees, um, going to the funeral. Uh, it was, I can honestly say now, it was a seed planting experience for me that has been gestating in my life, all of my life. And part of what I decided for this, for this piece, and it came about because I didn't want to do the regular you know, uh, go in and talk about Martin Luther King and particularly talk about the dream speech. Because Mm -hmm. in my research, one of the things I do understand about Martin Luther King, Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King, let's call him by the titles that he earned, Mm -hmm. was that he evolved. And particularly when we look at the period from April 4th, 1967, to a year to his date, April 4th, 1968, He not only decided at that moment that he would speak out against the war in Vietnam, against racism, and against poverty, and he began the Poor People's Campaign. And I contend that that was really what sealed his fate. And Tavis Smiley writes an incredible book called Death of a King that really looks at the same period. And so I was in a conversation with that book, also with myself, because I have a deep love and, and resonance for Dr. King and his speech. I don't, I didn't always necessarily, and I don't necessarily, um, the tactics, there might have been dissension amongst the tactics with him and the, um, and the movement later, the Young People's Movement with Stokely Carmichael and so on, but the whole idea was they were literally speaking up for the people in a way that had never been talked about, beyond civil rights is what I call it, really beyond mm-hmm. civil rights. So that's why this piece is called Say That He Had More Than a Dream, because we live in a society that has frozen him and deified him in this conversation that's about a dream. And we must remember that he said himself, I woke up, to, I woke up from a dream and found myself in a nightmare. So Ooh. this piece honors that evolution And during that time period, we also have to understand that during that time period, he was not only lambasted by the press, but also by his own community. More than 55% of the community denounced him and turned against him. So in that last year of his life, not only was he hunted, but he was also abandoned and isolated by his own community to a large extent. And it caused great pain for him. But we must understand that when you live in your conscience and you're willing to put your life on the line, that he had made a decision that he was going to speak out against things, particularly the war, when he saw living in a country that was perpetrating this level of violence 
and how he didn't see that he could go out and tell young people to do the same thing when they were dealing with that at home and then send them over to Vietnam and tell them to, um, you know, to shoot down someone, another brown person. And so he was very clear, very honest, and it cost him, cost him dearly. And for me, I say thank you because most people don't, most people never get to that place in their life where they are willing to give and sacrifice to that extent for something, for a higher purpose, let alone for their community and for the larger world. So uh, this is really a tribute to uh, that period of his life, which I think that goes untold and unspoken um, because of the stance that he took, you know, and it's, um, and in many ways, part of what the piece shows too is that if you listen to his speech, and everyone needs to listen to that April 4th, 1967 Riverside speech in New York City, because if you listen to the speech, he could be giving that speech today and there would be, and you wouldn't know that it was in 1967. You would think of it as 2016, which is a frightening thing and a yes. painful thing yeah. because all that he did, and, and in many ways we are standing where we stood uh, back then as a country and as a people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a scary thing. Um, I, I hear you, and that's, I'm so glad this, that actually this is such a timely um, production as well because I talk about my mom often about this because uh, when she was pregnant with me, Dr. Martin Luther King came to Wilmington, and he touched my belly, wow. her belly with me inside, and she, he, he just said something. I, I can't recall exactly, but she said he pretty much blessed me, and um, and when I was growing up, because I had such a fiery spirit and I was a little odd in my family, she's like, "Girl, you was born in the wrong era. You should have been <laughs> born in, you know." But I was born in '68, so I was born when he, you know, that year. And mm-hmm. uh, she used to be like, "You, you know." But now, uh, it's interesting because she says, "You're right. This is your time." Because everything that was happening then. It seems to be repeating itself, and she says, "So this, you were born in the right." I used to say, even when I was young, I said, "No, I'm born in the right time and space." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what that meant when I said it. Then I woke up, I was born in the right time and space, and so um, part of my evolution has been that you know I was more of a absolutely Malcolm X you know fan younger, mm-hmm. and then the more I read about Martin Luther King and saw the profound respect that Malcolm X had for Martin Luther King, it, it made me more interested in his story. And like you said, um, when I saw, uh, I don't know all about his evolution. That's why I'm very interested in your production. But I was like, wow, it's so much we can, we we haven't been able to implement and we can use and we can learn from his work still today and even more so, especially young black men. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I th- I'm I'm grateful that this is out now. So for those of you um, who are just joining us, please stay tuned and please continue to listen. We are talking about a phenomenal world premiere of Say That He Had More Than a Dream. It's a production, a first world theater ensemble production. We have 
Lois Moses on the line, and um, she is sharing her vision, her insight about and research about the journey and evolution of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and we are just so excited to have her on the line. So if you have any questions or like to speak to her directly, you you know, just let us know, and um, Jacqueline, our producer um, and founder, is on the line, and she will absolutely um, plug you in. But we're going to continue to talk and share. Jacqueline will let us know when we have to go to a commercial break. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to talk and share. Now, the space that you're actually having in, um, it's 3500 Lancaster in Philadelphia. What what building is that? It's Community Education Center. Is that the meeting house? Oh, it yeah, is. The it is the Community Education Center. That's where we were. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Upstairs, upstairs in the stage area, yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. General admission, I believe, is $25 as a discount for seniors. That's $18 students. $15, and, of course, group rates are available. Can you tell us um, how we would get tickets? Yeah, you can get tickets, and Jackie would know better. But if you go to firstworldtheater.biz, there is you can get tickets um, online. And you just have to, it it will come, there's a calendar, and you have to hover over the actual time, the time that you're interested okay. in the day, and then that will take you to um, pull up. And you can buy tickets online, or you can also uh, call I believe, um, Jackie, Jackie, can you? Um, and let me see if I have it in this press release. Yeah. Oh, I think I have it. Um, eight, 1-866-811-4111. That's an easy number, everybody. 1-866-811-4111 if you need to call. Otherwise, as you mentioned, you can go to firstworldtheater.org as well. Let me say this, and for those of you, I'm I'm trying to encourage a lot of my people that's outside of Philadelphia to be sure that you check this out as well. Let me say this, it's easy to get to. It's easy to get to via public transportation. It's easy to get to right off the highway if you're driving. Um, it's plenty of off-street parking in the area. It's a nice area right next door um to um, CEC, I discovered a little noodle place. If you you know can grab something to eat, um, <laughs> and then go, to, make it a nice evening and make sure you support. Um, but I after I came up there the next day, I went during the first event. The event was on a Sunday. First uh, World Theater's event was on a Sunday. Then I had a meeting the same exact place on a Monday. And I got there a little early, and there was a noodle place right next door, and it was like, oh, this is the best $8 I've ever spent. So <laughs> you can make dinner and theater, make it a date, and you can go by yourself. You know, you don't have to worry about a date. This is something you absolutely want to treat yourself to. More importantly, treat a young person that you love in your life. You have a niece, a cousin, a nephew, a neighbor, um, son or daughter. Treat someone um, as, as she shared earlier, plant a seed. Her mother had the wherewithal to send her for a week to participate in activities around Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral, and it planted a seed in her as a young person. Plant a seed. Plant a seed today. I implore you to do so. Um, And it's well worth it. We have to support community theater. It is important to our communities. It's important to our culture. It's important that we create our own narratives and we tell our stories. And it's important that we show that support. So I'm going to ask everybody, make sure you come out. Please make sure you come out again. The dates are, um, I believe, September 30th through October 9th. 
September 30th to October 9th. So we'll share more. Um, I will say specifically show times are 8 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays and 3 p.m. on Sundays. I like Sunday shows myself. Um, so I'll pro- I'm pretty certain I'll be at a Sunday show. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm really trying to figure out who I'm going to bring. I wish I could bring more than a few um, people. But um, I'm absolutely going to bring a niece or a nephew or someone because I think that, um, you know, we always got one person in the family. My aunt was the one in the family who recognized something in me and, you know, would call me to New York all the time in Brooklyn and make sure I planted seeds for me, making sure I got to museums and, and musicals and things. And I happen to be that aunt. In my family as well, where mm. you want a good book, you go see our franchise. You want, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you need a, you got a report due on Black History, see our franchise. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, you, you need a you need a black movie. You know, see our franchise. You know, I make them have movie nights because they they haven't seen some of the classics. They got to come over here and watch Roots. You know, all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm usually the first one to introduce them to to plays, to musicals and theater. So um, I'm, I'm asking you, everybody that's listening, please, please be the person to plant a seed in a young person's life. And one of your family members or community members, please do that. And this looks like the perfect, the perfect place for that, the perfect opportunity to do that. So, please, um, can I also Jeff, say, like, oh, hello? Yes, I'm here. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. No, I just wanted to say, you said something that was really um, important because one thing she talked about was that you were more of a bent toward Malcolm. Well, so was I, Malcolm, Angela Davis, and so on, because that's where, you know, coming from the younger generation, Stokely Carmichael, uh, Bill Scott, mm-hmm. and so on. So, and really part of what this, because remember, we're, when other people are writing our narratives, particularly when, as I say, the victors write the narratives, oftentimes, um, there is, um, well, put it this way, Dr. King was sort of touted in, in we learned about him from the place where he was comfortable. And the place where he was comfortable mm-hmm. was for civil rights. So part of this play is really my journey into researching and going beyond the narrative because it just seemed too small. And when you really begin to look at, the things that he did in the last year of his life, and the really the the pain and the suffering, because you know that's you. Unfortunately, that's we. That has been a legacy for Africa. In my research, what I began to really look at was the language, the language and the dialogue. And I mean, we mm. all know he was an absolutely brilliant man, but it was yes. the courage, and and that's what in the last piece. In the play is called, and they jumped into the water some, because you realize that that's what it takes. It has taken for us to have any kind of movement as African people. It is those people who have jumped in the water, those people who have given their lives, who have made the supreme sacrifice. And so this piece was really about looking at beyond the, the history lessons, beyond the small dialogue, beyond the celebration. And I'm telling you something else. When I see our people being celebrated in and, uh, you know, I, I'm always wary when African people in this country are exalted from the perspective of, you know, the American flag and, you know, that um, put on that pedestal. Because uh-huh. usually there's something we need to investigate beyond that. And so my conversation in this piece is 
that the pedestal was to keep us from the real conversation in the Ooh. end that he left us with. So we Wow, did you guys hear that? Did you hear that? That was powerful. Please say that again. Well, the pedestal was to keep us from the real conversation because that becomes sort of the noise and then we buy in because the that is the Victor's story. The Victor's story of him is about making him comfortable and so that we become anesthetized and we don't really understand what he stood for in the end. So as a result, that can't be a part of our narrative, you know, because we don't, we don't want to talk about poverty. I mean, this is a man who talked about in his speech in Ebenezer um, before the Riverside Church that $500,000 to kill a Vietnamese. That's the kind of money they were putting into militarism. And then it was $50 that was being spent on the poor at home. And most of that was going, $53, and most of that was going to workers that weren't even middle class. Mm. So, so if you think about what he, was, what he was talking about, and he was talking about black and, black and white men going over to Vietnam to fight together when they couldn't, come, when they couldn't sit in schools, the same schools right. here mm-hmm. in America. So yeah. and or live in the same neighborhoods. So that that's what that's why this piece became I sort of became obsessed with this conversation and that I and, and for me it really becomes sort of a love story for me and King and this is my connection with him as the ancestor because I have learned so much through his dialogue um, mm-hmm. that you know that I felt that not only did it need to be said. But I also wanted to acknowledge him because of literally what was done in the newspaper. Because we can't just cut out, you know, we can't cut out parts of the truth. Because that was right, part right. of not only what he went through, but also what he died with in his spirit. Right. You know what I'm saying? He died right. with mm-hmm. feeling, like, feeling like he was ostracized and the kind of abuse. He died with that. So here we are walking around deifying him, but, you know, it's sort of the Jesus, um, you know, it's sort of the Jesus yeah, uh-huh. story in many ways. We have to right, right, understand right, right. that. So, I hear um, it. I hear it. So that's, um, that's really important to me, that this is a love story for me, King, because who he has, what he has taught me in terms of moral conscience and character and standing up for what you believe and the necessity to that, that we as people, each one of us, has a responsibility and accountability to speak out. Now, and not everybody's going to jump in the water like that, but but right. we have a responsibility to a certain level of consciousness, truth, and like you said, legacy in terms of passing it on. And when my nieces come at me with, oh no, Lord, just I said, you know what? This is my job. My job is right. to inform you so that you can, you know, saying so that you can make your contract and do what's necessary for the next generation. Yes, yes, yes. So here's a book, like you said. <laughs> here's a book. You tell them something. Here's a book and a it's story. A, Absolutely. Here's a story, you know. And they don't, I'm like, wow. And we, you know, we losing it. We're losing that. And we got to make sure that, again, you know, this story sounds so powerful. I hear your passion about it. We are so grateful because, like you said, you know, he he's an ancestor now. And to be able to speak to speak to you through the dialogue so that you can 
write and share it with us. It's just people, I just feel the power of it. I'm really even more, I was already excited when Jacqueline shared it with me, but I'm, I like art. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Sounds cool to me. But to be honest with you, now that I'm speaking with you and here, you, you know, on the line and getting the, 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 the background of how it came to be, it just makes me even more excited. And I know how powerful it is. And, um, even more importantly, how we've got to get somebody, you know, you got to invite a friend, invite a friend. So everybody, you know, we're going to take a short break for the calls. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know that if you miss any or part of this interview, you'll be able to um, hear the playback online um, as well. But my name is Sweet Friend Sean, and we are enjoying my um, conversation today Uh we are enjoying our conversation today right here with Ms. Lois Mo. I don't, I don't, I keep messing up. I'm sorry. I keep wanting to. That's okay. Lois Mo. You got it. Lois. Okay. I keep wanting to say Louise because that was my great aunt's name. So, <laughs> so it's not, it was my great aunt's name too. Louise, oh, really? Louise oh. Moses. Yes, Louise yeah, Moses. Yeah, I was Louise, was, Louise, was Louise Lee. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a See, so. <laughs> that's Absolutely. beautiful. Yes, we have Lois Moses on the line. Um, she's talking about her hard-hitting drama, which unearthed untold stories about the lives of Dr. Martin Luther King and Greta Scott King. And we are just enjoying this passionate conversation about creating our own narrative and about telling our own stories and about going, learning more beyond um, this image that has been presented to us about Dr. Martin Luther King and this is going to be a phenomenal play in that if, if it delivers any of her passion, we know how awesome and phenomenal it's going to be. <laughs> and we're excited about it. It's going to run in Philadelphia, PA, from September 12th with the 9th, presented by the First World Theater Ensemble. Um, and it's actually called Say That He Had More Than a Dream. I'm going to say it one more time. Say that he had more than a dream. Showtimes are 8 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays, 3 p.m., on Sundays, um, and it's located at the um, CEC Meeting House Theater, located at 3500 Lancaster Avenue in Philadelphia, PA. Admission is um, $25. We have a discount for seniors, $18, students $15. And, of course, group rates apply, um, are available and, and can be applied. Please, if you have a group of young folk, you belong to a nonprofit, an organization, we ask that you make every attempt to bring a group to this phenomenal production. Um, we should say that the story is presented using spoken words, song, dance, music, and various multimedia just to share this powerful story. And we're going to ask that you think about it right now um, and you make sure that you bring someone. We have to plant seeds, especially our young people. And for some of us, we haven't even seen a play yet. We haven't even seen any live art. Um, and we're well into our 30s, 40s, and 50s. So treat yourself. It's okay to go alone. Don't be scared. Easily accessible from 95 as well as public transportation. Uh, we have to support. It's, it's our duty at this point, and the stories need to be told and shared. So we're going to take a brief pause for the pause. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Word. I'm Sweet Franchine. I'm one of your hosts this evening, and my producer and co-host is in the background listening, Miss um, Jacqueline Adams, T Taylor Adams, who's also our founder here at 
Master Radio. So we are thanking you for calling. Don't forget you can call in at 646-716-7994. I repeat, call me if you want to talk to our guests, ask us any questions, share. If you're a writer, you know, or if you have anything you want to share about writing, um, uh, poetry, uh, theater, and the arts, please call us because we know that this is important. We know that the work we do is important. We know it's our duty. We know that it's our our cause, and we thank the ancestors, and we like to thank, thank the divine for even gifting us and guiding us through this process. So we ask you to call us, talk to us at 646-716-7994. In the meantime, we'll be right back in a minute or so. Jacqueline's going to play a little something, and we'll be back on the line momentarily. Odalene's Catering, Inc. offers great food and desserts homemade to be delivered to your next event or celebration. You can choose to pick up or deliver. Book your next appointment today with Odalene's Catering, Inc. at 646-657-6640. Let us bring taste to your next celebration. created. 
I'm not whole on my own, but I belong to you. I'm not of myself, but of you and your divine purpose. I am not alone, but with you. I seek your guidance in my daily business. I'm not whole on my own, but pieced together by your hands, held together by your will. I am not led by any other wants, desires, or personal debates, but ever yielding to that which you lay before me. So today, as every day, I listen to your voice, walk in step with you, seek your wisdom, and lay no claim to my own life so that I may be aligned with your way. For I seek to be a whole woman, a whole woman, a whole woman. God, I want to live what you made me, a whole woman, a whole woman, a whole woman. Amen. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. I am Sweet Friend Sean, and you are listening to Massacred Radio Beyond the Word, um, where we are envisioning the future. As I said, now I actually like to live it in now. What is happening now um, with the spoken word? And we are highlighting every second Monday of the month. Um, that was by Rhapsody, Whole Woman. And uh, by the way, I'm sorry. And what we're sharing every second Tuesday right here on Beyond the Word, we are highlighting those who are presenting spoken word in a unique or non-traditional method or way. And we are excited um, that we have Lois Moses on the line who is presenting to us from September 30th to October the 9th. Um, say that he had more than a dream. Um, that is going to be here in Philadelphia from September 30th to October the 9th. We are excited because this production not only is it exemplifies us creating our own narratives, but it also presents it through spoken words, song, dance, music, and various multimedias for this powerful storytelling experience. We are asking, and and I'm almost imploring that you get yourself there. Meet me there. I'll be there Sunday at the 3 o'clock show. So you need to see me, <laughs> get there, let me know what's going on, how you doing. But that's what I'm going to be there. Um, but take the schedule that best fit your needs. It's affordable. For me, like, okay, everybody's like, oh, it's $25. And by the time I do gas, give up coffee for a week. Because I'm going to just give up my Dunkin' Donuts for a week. That's all. And then I'll be able to do it. Okay? You can give up something very small to have this experience and to plant a seed to um, plant a seed in a young person's life. We're asking that you make sure you join us. So, with that being said, please allow me um, once again to introduce to you guys who are just joining us um, this powerful, um, energetic spirit that's on the line, Lois Moses, who is an author, poet, actress, lawyer, clinician, and filmmaker. Yes, there are some super people out there that's, that's tapping into their superpowers. She's tapped into her superpowers to be able to say <laughs> you do all that, telling you tapped into your superpowers. Yes, and we are excited and thankful for that. <laughs> oh, never heard it said like that. That's I mean, quite a compliment. Author, poet, actress, lawyer, clinician, and filmmaker. And I'm sure you do a whole bunch more than that because most people got five or six things. They're doing a whole lot more than they don't even talk about. Okay. <laughs> That means you have tapped into your superpower, and we give thanks. <laughs> that's we that's give a, a great compliment. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. 
We give thanks that you're bringing this story to us. And um, so we've had people that are just listening, and you were giving such great history about the evolution of Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, you also mentioned, I saw in the press release, I believe, um, there was some mention about uh, Credit Scott King. Talk, would you talk to us a little bit about how relevant and important and what the narrative is in, this, in, in the production about her evolution and journey, and particularly a lot of people don't realize, I believe, that she was actually harassed for years as well, like in addition to um, her husband and some of the things that you're sharing through um, the production uh, about Coretta Scott King. Well, twofold. One, and uh, we decided that Coretta had to actually be on the character in this production. The production has evolved, and there's several things that are important about for me in this production. One is that many people don't realize how involved she was in the movement. And in fact, she was part of a delegation in the Geneva Convention that was part of a peace movement. So she had taken a stance against not only violence, but also, you know, uh, violence, uh, you know, in the larger sense in terms of world wars before Martin did. And, and, and some of the research that I found, that gave him a lot of comfort because early in his, um, you know, early in his uh, leadership, he didn't feel that he was able to do that until he felt that he could no longer not do it. And then secondly, Mm -hmm. she really spoke with him about and questioned sort of the patriarchy in the movement in the sense that there weren't a lot of women in the leadership, and yet she was clear that the women were the backbone of the movement, and he agreed with her. There was certainly a certain level of tension between them because she wanted to be out in the um, movement more in terms of marching and being more on the front lines. And the tension was that he wanted her to be home. Part of it is that he acknowledged that, you know, he had sort of what they call, quote, in quotes, traditional views of women, and they had four children. So, you know, some Mm -hmm. of it, I'm sure, had something to do with also sort of uh, safety and um, because folks don't know, but as early as 1957, I mean, you know, with all the threats and between the bombings and the stabbings and, you know, all that, that there were there were bodyguards around their house. You know, they had to have people around uh, taking care of them and watching them at all times because of the, uh, you know, the amount of threats and, uh, you know, to, to their lives, literally. So mm-hmm. uh, that was part of it. And then once she, because I contend that she stepped into and she was more not only capable but able and had been a enough a part of it in terms of dialogue with Martin, his support system, as well as the fact, you know, we have to remember she was on the front lines with him in the Montgomery March and so on, and that was before they had kids. So she had been out there for a long time. And if you look back in her history, this is not something new for her. This was something that was part of her childhood. She was primed for this before she met Martin. I don't know to what extent her involvement would have been, but she was primed as an activist before she met him. And so, and so after his assassination, she literally steps into it and takes over the Poor People's March because she understood not only what this was in terms of the foundation for him in terms of moving into really equity for, for poor people. I mean, it was bigger. It was certainly about African people in terms of the, the history of um, your, not our exclusion, but the racism, the violence. But it was also systemically looking at a country that had advocated the poor collectively. 
So she took that on in terms of she actually mm. did the sanitation march and sort of stepped into his shoes. And as a result, um, you know, the FBI was, I mean, they were hot on her trail beforehand. But you have to remember, this was a, I mean, the FBI, you know, had the, everyone under surveillance in terms of the, right. the movement. But certainly um, Martin and Coretta were absolutely under surveillance. And after his assassination, for four years, they talk about how it ramped up. I mean, they followed her everywhere. And some of the letters, and remember, it's not just, it wasn't just that they followed them. It was also some of the things that they did to instigate not only dissension between them, but also fear tactics. Uh, you know, and we do talk about at one point in the play some of the letters that she received. And, and you know, I mean, some of it is so graphic and so um, horrific that, you know, I, I didn't feel it was necessary to bring some of that in in dialogue. But you you are going to see some of the letters and the paperwork but, and, you know, there was at one point when she was um, at um, a concert, giving a freedom concert in in Mississippi, and the FBI sent uh, a notice to the Ku Klux Klan, well, let's just say the police department and um, the authorities down there, which were filled with the Ku Klux Klan. We all know that during that time period, like in 63, 64. And they basically said that she's coming, this is her whereabouts, and we are not at, we are not um, suggesting any kind of protection or anything be done. Period. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, so you know. So, really, what I wanted to show is that you know, collectively, when we join as forces in terms of partnership, that everybody is impacted. And the fact is that based on who he was, um, who she had to be had to be profound. And she Yes, did. yeah. So, wow, so that's, that's, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's so a, I, I think that's yeah. awesome. And I'm sorry. It's no, a delay. I apologize. Mm-hmm. No, no okay. I think that's awesome because I think that what, um, I think I've shared this with a couple of young brothers who are, who are getting more involved in the movements right now and is that, you know, you got to have a strong queen on your side. You, you think mm-hmm. Coretta wasn't strong because they don't, tell her story, absolutely. You know, I think Betty Shabazz, Sister Betty Shabazz was a strong woman who um, who was, who was sacrificed for the movement as well, absolutely. So absolutely. that role is very important and oftentimes underrepresented, as you mentioned. Um, so, well, and you know um, yeah, what's we, also sweet? The other thing is that one thing we, because they had so much, Betty and Coretta, they had so much dignity. And so because part of what, you know, what we see now is we see this kind of archetype that's thrown in our face of the angry black sister and, you know, with the, um, you know, popping in, popping in, um, you know, popping in jam, and I'm too old to know the real words. But, um, right, right, twerking you know, and all that so, stuff like that. Right, whatever that, <laughs> right, but right. what. And especially the mad black woman thing, that, that narrative is they're trying to grow with that. Oh, absolutely. In fact, and, you know, that's, unfortunately, that's, we we not only become seduced by that, but then we wear it, but we have to understand that the anger, anger is always, is just a, a response to something that's hidden underneath it, which is usually pain and wounds. But this is, but mm-hmm. the question is, I mean, who could, if we look at Betty and Perez, come on, you're talking about pain and wounds and, and what they went through. These are examples for us. 
as women to recognize not only the dignity but how they handled because you know something mm. needs some things need to stay in house while you're doing the work outside and they hey, understood hey, on that. It now. So you right, know what I'm saying? And right. that's why I be so that even because she even talked about, you know, if you think about it, you look at, go back and look at some of the pictures and so on, or look at the video of the um, funeral. She didn't cry. She held her because yeah. she understood that who she had to be because she understood what her job was and what her role was for the movement. And that was part of it. So she literally sacrificed her her you know, whatever was going on. And, and in some ways it wasn't really any of our business because she was still doing the work. What right. she was doing, giving for us, she was giving us, in some ways, same way as artists do, she was giving us the time to cry while she yeah. held strong for us, which is an incredible right. gift in, in many ways. Um, and also because we, and sometimes we can't be weak in the larger picture. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, you, it, sometimes you don't have the time at that point to break down or fall apart, and it doesn't necessarily need to be seen. That's a, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's like I said, that's in-house business. Because the work yes. was still going on. The work still needed to be done. It was not over. So. Yeah. And, you know, as my great-grandmother used to say, um, we, we can't afford that. <laughs> mm. we, we said we Absolutely. can't afford that. Real simple. We can't afford to do that. And, uh, and she had four children. You know, don't forget, she was, she was, yes. you know, she had four children too. So it didn't stop. You know, she had to deal with the. She said the people, the movement, and she had her children. So you know, uh, and she, she lived up to exceeded as far as I'm concerned our expectations as a people in terms of uh, how she handled it and how she, um, you know, dignified us. So, you know, I, that's why I think she had to be seen and she had to be heard in this piece. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I, like I said, it's so powerful. And if you guys cannot hear not only the knowledge but the passion that Sister Lois is, is talking about and and how it's going to come together in this phenomenal production, um, then I, I, I'm concerned about your soul. <laughs> what you're feeling Because <laughs> um, if you can't feel it I get all excited and crazed up Because I, I can feel it um, So I'm just going to ask that you make sure you come out But I would be remiss Because we didn't talk about um, I would be remiss if we g- Got off this call Without a couple of things um, The first thing and foremost You know I didn't tell people how they can reach you, support you beyond this production, um, give us some background, let us know your website, books you've written, um, because I mentioned all your superpowers. So, um, you know, just share with us how we can continue <laughs> to, to, well, to stay in touch and to be, stay connected with you. Um, and then only if you want to, because I don't like to be put on the spot, but if you want to share some poetry, you're welcome to do so. If you don't, I truly understand. But, you know, if, you, if we take these last uh, 10 minutes or so, again, to talk about how we can connect with you, your website, books you've written, some of your background, like I said, talk about any of the superpowers, if not all of them, that you want to share. Um, um, we would appreciate it. <laughs> I and and you know that's because I guess uh, for me the work is bigger than anything. But I I guess holistically what I can say is that um, I I my 
contract is to restore the divinity of women, particularly African women. And I do that through my poetry. My, um, I mean, you know, my background is that I started out in um, communications and theater at Pitt, and then I uh, decided I would go to New York, then I ended up at UCLA and got a master's in fine arts, did some acting, but I couldn't deal with the industry because they weren't, you know, they the stories they were telling didn't remind me of anybody that I knew or wanted to be. So I came home. That's exactly to why I do. Yes, <laughs> you know. yes. That's exactly why I do what I do. I create my own production. I write my own stuff because it's like does does it make? Yeah, I get it. I, I relate to that. You know, I'm sorry. Because it came down to no. You're fine. It came down to I decided I would tell people who I was because I was tired of. Uh, you know, I wasn't that story that I kept seeing. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I'm a, I'm a fourth-generation educator. My great-grandparents met at Clark Atlanta University, and my great-grandmother and grandfather ran a school together. And you know what I'm saying? And when you know who you are, nobody can tell you different, number one. Yes, so, yes. Um, and so I then I uh, decided to go to law school, but then I realized by the time our people get to law, you know, the law, we broke down, and I was interested in healing, so I decided I would go into clinical psychology, and then I realized that that was basically a, a construct that did not, uh, that was not, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it did not, it was not part of it, uh, wasn't from an African cultural paradigm. So, and it was not only that, but it was devoid of spirituality. So long story short, then I um, sort of came back to my art, but always had been, um, I, I started doing spoken word actually when I came home from um, L.A. because I decided, like you said, I had to write my own stories. And I had been writing poetry since I was six. So it became sort of a natural progression when someone said, why don't you, you know, why don't you uh, use your work and, and perform? And then filmmaking has been, I've been uh, a photographer since I was like 12 years old. And sort of the record people doing a lot of uh, film and I decided, I mean, photography. And then I decided film because, and primarily because we have to, it's another way, one, for us to document our images and our stories in a way that not only that we can pass down, but I also believe this young generation is um, because of how they have been raised in terms of the uh, Internet, the technology, that they are much more uh, connected to the imagery. So, And that sort of leads me into what the, the whole side, sort of the construction of the play is that the construction of play is sort of bringing all of these mediums together from the historical, as you know, in terms of the actual um, language, then to the poetry, which is sort of, the poetry for me is sort of the sideline of development through years, really my um, uh, political art of its voice that has, um, you know, that has lived in me pretty much uh, my whole life. So this is sort of part of the journey of my evolution, sort of play along with, the evolution and connection with this play and finding out who this man was and then what it was that I wanted to say about him, particularly in terms of what he, what he did for me and then what, um, what I wanted to offer, what I found about him to the world and that I thought was uh, not only important but relevant. And um, so I think, trying to think, uh, so and then the, the, it's in the multimedia piece because adding the multimedia piece because one of the things is that I think that because of the way history is taught, oftentimes we don't see the parallels historically because there's this one section where I literally found um, images from Chicago 1919 
um, the Chicago riots, I call them rebellions, but um, be for real, uh, you know, for the most part, African people are rebelling. And, um, but of images from Chicago 1919 up to Ferguson, literally of, of black men being stood over by um, white police officers. I mean, literally mm. from Chicago 1919. Mm. And we know that in yeah. because, you know, if we go back to understanding the history of this violence uh, that's been predicated on Africans, particularly African males, we can see in the Dred Scott decision where no white man was um, obligated to, um, you know, to recognize any rights of the black male. And that's from right. 1857 up to now, and we can even go farther back in terms of enslavement, let's be for real. So looking at using these images, one shows the parallel and shows the fact that how far we haven't come. But then images are really mm. profound because when I look at the Children's March of 63 and so on, one of, these, one of the things that children have to learn is it's a way of empowering them because the Children's March was thing that set it off because it received international attention, watching children being water hosed and taken down by dogs on this yeah. national stage by Bull Connor mm. and, you know, these are, so that's part of the power of using the images alongside it to create um, this narrative. And for me, the spoken word is, is spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Because you're yes, absolutely. the writer, that's the word that you know, comes what I call the upper room, you know, yes. it's just you and God. Yes. So yes. for me, it's it's an alignment, and um, hopefully in the end it's a spiritual journey that helps one begin to ask some critical questions about not only um, what's going on, but what are they going to do about it, and, you know, how are they going to contribute? That's really what right. it is, charging you to be, as I say, or as my husband said, it was powerful charge charging one in the end to be better and not bitter. Better and not bitter. You guys yes. heard that right here. Yes. And I could, I feel like I got me a new sister friend. I can talk to her forever. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do. I'm just sitting here enjoying myself, listening and, and, and being inspired by um, your knowledge and what you're sharing with us. And, um, Everybody who have just joined us or who are missing part of this, you can get this full interview later on. You know, it will be replayed. I will post it on all of my social media. You know how to find me, Sweet, S-U-I-T-E-F-R-A-N-C-H-O-N, or Master Grid Radio. Um, we are just so excited to have Ms. Lois Mosley on the line today who is sharing with who has shared with us in great detail um, some phenomenal history and and some phenomenal knowledge about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. And we are excited and we wish you much success um, on this fabulous production brought um, by First World Theater Ensemble. It's going to be September 30th through October the 9th in Philadelphia, PA, for tickets, for tickets, you need a contact. Can I just give you my website? No, you didn't give that. I was going to ask you for that. Yes, please give your website. Yeah, my website is loismoses.com. That's L-O-I-S-M-O-S-E-S.com. Oh, real easy. Y'all heard it. We've been saying our name all night. (laughs) 
<laughs> so now you got it right. Make sure you go to LoisMoses.com. Can we find you on any other social media, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that? Yeah, um, yeah Lois Moses. It's everywhere, Lois Moses, on my site, yeah, Facebook, um, and Twitter as well. Yep. Okay. You heard so, that. Make sure you follow thank her. You. And Sweet. I want to say no. thank you and Jackie because I'm telling you, this is important because really looking at how spoken words can, I love this concept of taking it beyond just the stage or standing there because it really, spoken word is an alive medium. It's a spirit yes. alive medium and it lends itself to this. So I really appreciate what you two have put together here. Thank you. Well, thank you. No, we thank you. We thank you so much for, you know, sharing with us, for continuing to live on purpose and to do your, your divine work. Like I said, tapped into your soul power superpower and not being afraid to do it. Um, I truly get it. Um, I actually produce shows, too, that infuse poetry in different mediums. More like a concert, though. It's really fun. I'm going to have to invite you. Um, yes, please. But, yes, thank you. So, you know, we're just honored that you have taken time out of your schedule um, to share with us uh, this phenomenal production. We wish you much success. We're excited about Seen it. We're excited about supporting it. And um, I will see you whatever that first Sunday is. I will be there. I think it's like the third or fourth. I'll be there. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And um, yay. So we Hello. thank you so much. <laughs> we thank you so much. We're going to continue to share. And again, on behalf, we're going to close out. We had another guest. We're going to move them to another He's week. Still um, He's still on. No. He's still yeah, on. Yeah, I know, but. We don't have his music. We don't have his music. We shouldn't be talking about this online. <laughs> but it's okay. It's all good. Yeah, we can. We will. Then if you want to, we shall. You're the producer. I'm just the host. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> Well, I everybody... just wanted to share real quick before we close Go out ahead. with Lois, just real quick. Lois Moses and Dr. Kamika Williams Witherspoon, these two women was my mm. inspiration or what ignited the Master Griot Project. Master really? Griot Radio was wow. part of them. Yes. What happened was, you know, I started, um, I did marketing and always had a love for the arts. And I started with October Gallery selling artwork. One day walking in West Philly, I ran up on Bush Fire Theater. They needed a marketing director. I wound up working there. There... I met, um, that's where I met Zahara and Richard. And, you know, he wasn't the best person. And I just, and he treated another woman so bad. And just things he did, I had to just walk out from that environment. And then uh, a couple years later, Z starts First World Theater and brings us all back together. One of the people on our boards was Maurice. And one of our first fundraisers was a poetry slam. So this is where I met Queen, you, Kamika, all of you guys I met at that time. And then, um, guys, you know, go all these great poetry things. I started going to the poetry. And then, um, then Black Ice came out. And you know, I'm new, so I'm just looking. I'm outside looking in, and I'm new on the scene. But 
you know, Lois, she's intriguing now. Wait to her performance and the quality of their productions. My CD is so old that it's a little warped, so I asked her to send me some music, but we just had problems, just, you know, getting it all uploaded. But um, back then, um, she and Kamika demanded quality, and their performances, and, and, and definitely no disrespect because Black Ice is great. It's just, you know, he's a baby probably compared to them. And I couldn't understand why this, the power that I saw, why they weren't, I couldn't understand why they wasn't where he was, why they weren't on these stages. Because mm-hmm. they are just so, so strong, so phenomenal. And I just didn't understand it. So, and, and they would treat me. Sometimes they would do events. They did, you know, my little events they would do for me. So my give back was let me help with some marketing. And, you know, I, when I think things out, processes always become large, whatever. But I had to figure out, um, I wanted to shine a more more light on spoken word. And it's because of them. I just well, thought they thanks. should give be thanks. somewhere Thank else. Thank you, Jackie. That's quite a compliment. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, but we do we it because, but we do it for the we do it that's part of what this play is about. We do it because of the activism because we have to. We don't do it to be seen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what and Tamika is I call her my walking hero because she's walking. And um and but that's what I learned from her is that the word the word is paramount and what the word stands yeah. for. So we don't do it to be seen, which is why we're, she's a doctor, I'm a lawyer and a clinician, because we knew, we always knew we had to make our money somewhere else because we were never going to negotiate our words or our truth. And mm. like Dr. King, when you tell the truth, sometimes you, uh, it costs you. Mm-hmm. Period. But I and also I'm okay wanted to, yeah, yeah. But like one, it was you know. I guess this is just my mission because you know we're all given a gift, and I feel that all artists are messengers. And mm. um, I, I guess I'm the. I've been put in a, a real unique place, you know, where I may meet the president, but at the same time, I might have grandchildren over in the project somewhere. Hmm. And I have to walk up and I have to, you know, I got to watch little kids, you know, grinding to music and, and doing it, you know, just inappropriate stuff. And I have to say, look, you know, I love some Biggie, but, you know, I can't be called the Bieber so many times. <laughs> they think my mom funny, ha, 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 ha. But I just, I'm serious, and they turn mm-hmm. the music off. And they've heard um, your CDs, Kamika CDs, um, Brothers Keepers. And, and, you know, they giggle and laugh, but they ask you about it. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Your message is is beyond just who's in front of you. So for me, it's not an issue of being commercial. It's just so many people. And, you know, through my um, I just, um, my online work with the Value Tour and all, I have people all the way over in California that would love to meet y'all, hear y'all. And um, they hear your work, and it speaks to people all over, all over the world. 
So, you know, we have the technology, let's leverage it. And luckily we're at a time we don't have to go mainstream, but we do have to reach the people because there are people that need that message. And uh, from working at the House of Umoja, oh, the boys love Greg. They're like, who's that? Oh, my God, who's that? And so you can't say that it's not, you know, people try to say it's not popular, they're not going to like, that's not the truth. It's just like you said. They want us to behave in a certain manner, so they want to, you know, give us certain media so that we can behave a certain way. And um, Robert Townsend said, he, he who controls images controls everything. And so my message to the people, we have to own our art. And this way we have control of our stories. So it's not the, the, the idea of a starving artist is not acceptable. They are the storytellers right. and keepers of our culture. When we're gone, it's the art that's going to live on. We're not going to yeah. live on. It's the art that's going to tell a story. I so say. it's paramount for us as a people to secure the art. So, you know, that's, that's just my thing. So. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right on the head, Jackie. That's absolutely, absolutely profound and true. And that's why, yeah. because that's why I've appreciated working with you, because your commitment is to not only the words but the message. And that's, you don't find that often with people who are in marketing. And your commitment is also to empower. And yes, they, yes. And, and so I thank you. And I thank you for this. Yes, and thank you so much, both of you. Um, again, everyone, you can get, you can find LoisMoses.com. Yes, com, and on Twitter. And make sure that you stay connected and make sure that you go check it out. September 30th through October the 6th. We're going to give you the information one more time as we close out this interview. And we have one more quick interview where we want to introduce you to a guest that will probably come back at a later date um, just to get an idea of what they're doing as well. But make sure you check out the First World Theater Ensemble. Um, the production will be held, again, September 30th, so you got a little time to get your monies together through October the 9th. Um, $25 general admission, 3500 Lancaster Avenue in Philadelphia, PA. It is called Say That He Had More Than a Dream. It's a very unique and powerful presentation about the evolution of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. and Coretta Scott King. We we um, expect to see you there. So thank you so much for um, being with us once again, Lois, and I look forward to staying connected. Thank to you. Absolutely. Thank look you. forward to meeting you in person. Yes, yes. I'll be sure to say hi. (laughs) All right, everybody, just please hold. Stay tuned. We're going to open up um, our next guest in just a moment. Um, And thanks again. Uh, Be sure to check out Massacre Radio on Blog Talk Radio, and you're going to catch this particular show every second Monday at 9 p.m. I'm sweet friend, Sean, and we're going to open up the line to our next guest. Hi, next on the line, we're going to have, um, after that phenomenal interview, but we are glad to introduce a songwriter that I've had the pleasure of working with um, on the line. He has just finished a production of um, his EP, and we want to take the opportunity to 
um, introduce him this show to you, and then I'll tell you a little bit about his project, and hopefully we can have him on again um, in one of the following month shows with a more extensive interview. One of the reasons he was invited to to call in and to talk to us is because, again, as you guys are listening, you know that our producer had the vision to to create this show called Beyond the Word, and it's it's about spoken word poetry and and also songwriting because most of us who are poets and spoken word artists, we also um, are lyricists and we also are songwriters, as I am, and composers. And so we are using the art of spoken word in various, various platforms, and we are excited and we like to tell you about other people who are doing the same. And I, I want to introduce to you tonight on the line is Mr. Charles Charles Kelly. He's a songwriter. Um and we have worked with um, the band Point Blank uh, Jazz Band, and we absolutely love them, and we both had the pleasure of working with them. So I asked him to call in tonight just to tell us a little bit about his project. Charles, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Great. Hello? Thank you so much. Yes, I oh, can hear okay. you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, good. I'm well, I'm well. Thanks so much for reaching out to me and, and, and agreeing to uh, stop in and say hi to us tonight. Yeah, yeah, I was sorry that uh, the song didn't upload. I, I wish that your your audience could have got a chance to to listen to it, um, just well, to kind of get a feel gonna, for, for what we were doing. What we're going to do is we're going to just talk about it a little bit tonight, technical things happening. i got to find out what format it came, because sometimes it's about the size of, you know, some technical things. But I'll talk to Jacqueline, our producer, and we can um, always play it at a future date, especially, you know, sometimes we're looking for opening music and things like that. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your project, Charles. Yeah, it, uh, it's been a project that I've been working on now, I guess, for uh... – uh, maybe a year, year and a half. I mean, because these kind of things take a while because it's just uh, booking studio time and then getting the, the right uh, uh, lyrics together and then, then getting the band together. And I really do appreciate the Point Blank Band for, uh, you know, providing the music for this uh, particular CD. Um, it's, uh, it's a three-song CD, and I'm putting it out uh, as a singer-songwriter and uh, the gentleman that really helped me uh, develop the uh, song, his name is Roy Johnson. And basically, uh, we, uh, we 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 we're a good we're a good team because he he can. Uh, I used to play. Let me let me get a little background. I used to play an instrument. Uh, I used to play trombone. I played the flute. Currently, <clears throat> I don't uh, play any instrument. I'm just kind of dibbling and dabbling with the keyboard right now, but. Uh, I have a very creative mind, and uh, what happens is I, I, I sometimes I get songs in my dreams. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, I hear the lyrics, I hear the background, I hear the, the rhythm. <laughs> it's just crazy, you know what I mean. And sometimes I can uh-huh. catch it and wake up and jot down some things, and sometimes I can't. Right, but, uh, right. But this is where uh, you know uh, my inspirations come from. Uh, you know, just just hearing, you know, I was listening. It's kind of funny. I have a song not on this particular CD, but I have a song that I wrote, uh, I guess, about uh, a year ago. It's called Bird Song. And uh-huh. what was happening with that song is one morning I was laying in the bed, window was open, and I heard a bird singing outside my window. 
and just the chirp that this bird was making just kind of inspired me to write a song, and I named it Bird Song. Uh, uh-huh. So it's those kind of things that just come to me, and I put the rhythms and rhymes to them, and uh, then that creates that creates the music. Well, tell us really quickly about this project, how many um, songs are on it. I know you had submitted one called Peace, I believe. Tell us about that particular song so that when we play that again, when we get an opportunity to play that, we'll have an idea what it's about. And tell us how we can support you. Um, how can we or purchase you or listen to you on SoundCloud? Tell us more about that, if you would. Yeah. Um, yeah, the song Peace was inspired by the uh, the different controversies that are going on now with, uh, well, around the world, and particularly in the United States and the uh, urban areas where you have uh, the police brutality, uh, you have the discrimination, you have, uh, you know, uh, situations going on where people are trying to get out of uh, the their living conditions of struggle. And mm-hmm. peace, peace came about because uh, there needs to be more dialogue about what's really going on in the, um, in the inner city urban areas. And, um, but what happens a lot of time I found is people are so frustrated until it's hard to engage in a good dialogue because mm-hmm. because they're just so frustrated in the situation that they're in and you know, it seems that there's no way out and it seems that no one is listening. It seems that there's no answers. So a lot of times so in the the song Peace, it kind of uh you know, it asked the question, what is wrong with the world today? And and uh, uh-huh. what it, we need to engage each other in dialogue and, and, and conversation so that we'll be able to come to some type of uh, conclusions, come to uh, some agreement so that we can bridge this divide that we're in. So uh-huh. this, that, that's what this song was about, to kind of uh, to give... Uh, some credence to what's going on in terms of uh, trying to elevate ourselves uh, to to uh, another level, to elevate ourselves so that we can uh, get to a point where we can communicate and, 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 and establish this uh, this dialogue to to begin to to begin to get some peace in our community. So tell us how we can um, support you, purchase or hear, or um, how can we find you? Tell us how we can uh, stay connected with you. Uh, well, you could, uh, they, your uh, listeners, if they really want to, uh, uh, like, purchase a CD, they can get in touch with me directly at uh, Kelly SC, my email, 4243 at Verizon.net. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any digital um, digital access to? Do we have any digital access to anything yet, or not yet? Not yet, because the CD just I just picked the CD up. Uh, I'm gonna say about five, four or five days ago. And oh, awesome! In, yeah, and I'm in the process now of of getting trying to thread the needle in terms of uh, uh, having it uh, placed online, maybe CD Baby and some other places. 
that all uh, right so this is an exclusive everybody this is an exclusive we are the first we glad we thankful for um, having us yes we're (laughs) glad we're happy about that so Mm -hmm. um tell us the full name of the cd if you don't mind well it's it's just a compilation of uh it was really no name it's just uh, a cd with three songs on it one of them is peace the uh mm-hmm. the, second, the second one is i i need you and the third mm-hmm. one is hip uh third one is hypnotized and okay. uh, like i say it really doesn't have a, a name it's just a a cd that i put out and i'm just using this as a, a foundation to try and get some feedback because okay the songs that uh, that were created. I mean, we can write, and, and really, I can write songs on any type of uh, genre. So yes, you can. Uh, I'm a witness to that, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you know, if if there's someone out there listening that you know they need a a nice song for whatever occasion, you know, uh, as long as I know what it, you know what type of song you're looking for, you know, I can write it. So. Uh, even even rappers. I mean, if they need like a song, a background music for their rap lyrics, you know, I I can mm-hmm. do that. So okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, like I say, get it out there. Uh, I know my singing days are really not over, but <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm focusing more so on the uh, the writing part of it now. Okay, well, that's good. Well, we thank you so much for taking the time out um, to even, you know, consider us to let everybody know about your work. Again, this is important because if you heard what he said about he writes songs for any genre. He writes over all types of um, production beats. Um, that's important, and that that is in alignment with what we talk about here beyond the word. It's about being able to get these stories told through the words, spoken words, songwriting, um, so that we can create our own narratives and tell our stories and present them in unique and different um, uh, methods. And so we just wish you luck on on that. And everybody, make sure uh, we will uh, list this information or you can reach out to us online if you want more detail about how to get his his we want to call it EP the EP so that we can give him feedback. What what it sounds like Charles is asking for is he's asking for feedback. He wants to see what you think of the work so far, and um, we are we will let you know Charles when we're able to get that uploaded and when we'll be playing that and featuring that and maybe we can have you back on. Is that okay? That's fine. That'll be fine. And uh, I really do appreciate you having me on so that I can, uh, you know, just. Uh, I mean, it's just difficult, really, getting your music heard. And uh, the format that you have here is—it's uh, a good format, and, and um, you know, it's all about promoting uh, the arts. And that's uh, that's very appreciative of you, and, and and I thank you. You're so welcome, and you know, that's what we want to encourage everyone out there. You know, we we support local or region, which is regional. You know, we, oh, actually, that's not true. We have independent artists from all over the the country and the world sometimes come on the show. Jacqueline mm-hmm. is a huge connector to that. So, um, you know, we want to encourage you, if you know anyone else, that we want to share and support one another. Um, mm-hmm. As Jacqueline mentioned in the last interview, you know, 
we are going to dispel the myth of being um, a broke artist, <laughs> a starving artist. We're going to dispel that myth by making sure we build a network to support one another, to make sure that we continue to share and show the 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 unique opportunities to share the word, and that's why we call this this um, show Beyond the Word because mm-hmm. it's not. We want to show that songwriters, um, good songwriters, as well as good poets and good spoken word artists. Uh, good adventures of art and theater, we know each other and we can know each other and we can stay connected and we can continue to support and show, most importantly, these expressions and, the, and, and share our narratives in our own unique voices, in our own unique way, and we can go beyond what people think are the traditional methods to do so. So with that being said, we're going to close for the evening. And we thank you so much for listening to Master Grid Radio. This is Sweet Fran Sean, and you're listening to Beyond the Word. You can hear us here every second Monday at 9 p.m. We this this today we talked about envisioning um, the vision of spoken word, the spoken word industry beyond what we know currently know it. And we always have great topics. Our producer Jacqueline Taylor Adams Adams Taylor is just she knows. Um, she just has the gift. Her superpower is connecting us all, creating a platform for us to share this information, and also coming up with great content and subject matters for us. So we um, want to make sure that we acknowledge her superpower, Jacqueline Taylor Adams, um, like I said, the founder and producer, and because this is important, this is an important platform, I ask all of you to share so that we can continue to mark our calendars and to participate and to listen and to share. But I promise you it will be a great platform again next month. Um, I promise you that it will be interesting and entertaining. I promise you most importantly that you will learn something and that we will continue to support each other. So thank you to our guests this evening. You just listened to, spoke with Mr. Charles Kelly, one of the most phenomenal songwriters I know, Um Make sure if you want to get in contact with him, Charles, if you're still online, say your email address one more time. Yes, yes. That email address is Kelly, S as in Sam, C as in Charles, 4243 at Verizon.net. Great. So you have his email address. You know you can reach me at SweetFranchon, S-U-I-T-E-F-R-A-N-C-H-N-O-N on all social media. You make sure you can find myself and Jacqueline on um, at Massagria Radio, Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and also for our earlier guests, make sure you support Lois Moses. Her her um, website is l o i s m o s e s dot com. Stay connected, everybody. Until we talk again, I wish you all the peace and love that you can stand and continue to write, create, and share, and tap into your superpower. My name is Sweet Franchon. It's been my pleasure to be your host this evening. Good night, and I'll see you next month. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.